Welcome back, everybody, to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, and this is the last one. We've done 10. This is the last of them for season 12, series 12, whatever you want to call it, number 12 of Doctor Who. Away, away into the in the void again for a long, 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 long time. But I'm not going to try to get... I'll be sad at the end. But uh, for now, I'm joined by two wonderful people to talk about this final season finale big deal lots of things happen episode uh both returning guests james thompson was just here and he's back hello well i was here for part one so i felt i had to come back for part that's two. right you were contractually obligated to return and anthony johnston is also back hello i am indeed and i was just thinking actually that this isn't really i mean it is the season finale but we do still have the uh christmas special or whatever the special is broadcast to close out this series proper right which they i you know essentially i think recorded right after they did this so it's yeah. sort of the same um you know well and there are elements in this which i'm sure we'll get into there are elements in this which point to you know it could have been a lot more final than it is. Right. Uh, and I, d- I don't just mean the cliffhanger at the end. I mean, in terms of characters, the mm-hmm. stuff they could have done if they wanted to actually close out the series arc with this episode that they did not do. So I assume those things are being kept back for the uh, special. Right. That that uh, all the characters, all the actors are in the special that are in this, the, the regulars. So if they're writing anybody out, they would probably do it. We don't know when exactly. they're going to air that, but presumably... Christmas or New Year's, those are the two dates that are the most likely. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, unless, well, unless it's going to be an Easter one or something. Well, is it a random first week of August special mm. or something, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting choice. They seem to like the tradition of the Doctor Who Christmas special and, they do. and, or, and or New Year's special. So, we'll see. Okay, it's the Timeless Children. We have to talk about it. And I, I'm, I'm brought back to something that I talked about with Erica and Stephen for Fugitive of the Jadoon, which is there are a few different ways of judging a Doctor Who story or really any, um, especially like a sci-fi story, which is there or TV series episode in any way, right? Which is momentous things for the canon or the ongoing story or the backstory of characters that happens in an episode. And then there's the, was it an entertaining episode? And they're different. I feel like they're different and they, they, they don't always have to both be true. Um, this is a momentous episode in terms of setting some things in motion and, and paying some things off from previous episodes. Um, it, and then it's also a um, quite long, actually. <laughs> um, it, I, there was a moment where I couldn't kind of believe that I was still, that, that the plot was not anywhere near the end. But this is a uh, this is a 65 minute long episode. Um, so there's the master and there's the Cybermen. And they've got their cyber ship, and there's the lone Cyberman, and, and Cyberman, and he's going to, um, you know, look for our friends who are on the ship. And then there are, there, there's a lot going on here. And then this story ends up being about those two things: this sort of plot involving what what is the master up to, what are the Cybermen up to, and then there's this other part of the story, which is the master reveals to the Doctor a lot of information gleaned from him spending a lot of time messing around. He kills all the Time Lords and then messes around in the Matrix because, I don't know, it's a big virtual reality data bank and he was messing around in it. He wanted to find out all the Time Lord secrets and he found out more than he bargained for. So we have these two different kinds of stories. I guess that's my first question for both of you is, um, uh, overall, how does this, how, how did this work? And did you feel any of that kind of push and pull between kind of momentous Doctor Who canonical things and let's have a big end of series blowout adventure? I mean, I I felt it worked pretty well on both levels. Um, There was a point... uh, I I looked at the clock and it was like a lot of things hadn't been resolved. And I was like, are they going to actually finish this, uh, you know, this storyline, as it were? And... They had 20 minutes left or something. And indeed, they did. <laughs> it's but... exactly the same point that I had that Me same too. thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> About 40 minutes in, you're thinking, wait a second. Yeah. 
Yes. So, you know, I, I was half expecting a to be continued uh, card at the at the end. But no, we, we kind of got a, enough of a resolution uh, with, you know, things dangling for, for a future uh, uh, episode or season. But enough of a, a resolution that they could tack on another cliffhanger uh, out of nowhere. So, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, um, I didn't feel it was dragging too much or anything at any point. So there was, there was, I had some problems with it as we went along and some of the things um, like the co Koshamas, who might as well have said, I'm going to sacrifice myself for you, like about last <laughs> episode, mm-hmm. um, that were a bit sort of obvious. But, and yeah, well, we'll come back to that. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I liked it. Um, I, I, I could see, I made the fatal mistake of looking in some of the Doctor Who forums afterwards. And I think people were entirely polarised between, you know, 11 out of 10 and 0 out of 10. Of course. Um, so like every other Doctor Who episode, <laughs> well, I feel like. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I didn't have any problems. So... Yeah, I, I think we, like we spent uh, most of the previous flashcast saying, well, you know, this was a good first part, but let's see if they stick the landing. And I'm prepared to agree that they did. Hmm. Yeah, we- I, I think they did. Um, it's I, I saw some people say that they felt it that like that these two episodes were spread out and that they did drag and there was only one episode's worth of story in there. And I disagree with that quite strongly. But I also was glad there were parts of this episode where things did slow down a little bit, but I felt that that was good. I felt it was deserved and it actually helped uh, the episode to breathe a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, like you, broadly happy with it. Obviously, you know, not perfect. When is it ever? Uh, had some problems, but for the most part, enjoyed it both, yeah, as an episode and as a momentous, you know, hmm. game changer thing. Um, I think it was there was a bit more emphasis on the game changer thing than on making it a good episode uh, because there was so much focus on the doctor and master relationship and the revelations and all of that. But still they did manage to get a lot of running through corridors in there mm-hmm. or through tents in one instance, um, you know, and a bit of uh, companion action and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I thought it was, you know, it was about as well balanced as it could be. And And I never thought I'd say this about the Chibnall era, let's be honest. But I have to say, in comparison to some of the other, you know, previous showrunners' more recent seasons, uh, really, I think the bar has been raised in general. Yeah, it. it, um, there are a lot of season enders for Doctor Who since the show came back that have felt... I mean, I'm more often disappointed than not by them because they they feel like they have to have these giant stories that the whole universe or planet or whatever is at stake and they end up being kind of a letdown when they're very quickly resolved at the end and i felt as these kinds of stories go that this one was actually pretty pretty well done there are and we'll get into it here in a minute but there are some moments where i was like "Mm, i don't know about that but um but i thought pretty well handled and i one of the things that impressed me is i kind of assumed when the master took the doctor away and put her in the matrix and was going to show her all of the revelations i kind of assumed we were going to have two episodes for most of it where there was going to be the a and the b and the a was the cybermen and the companions and the b was the doctor and the master and very quickly it's clear that's not the case right that he yeah he i mean there is a moment and i i'm sure anthony you noticed this too as somebody who's written um many novels now um there was that moment where there's a line that's tossed up it's like ah i can do both and i thought well yes (laughs) i can be in two places at once it's like literally we have an a plot and a b plot and the master needs to be in both of them so we're just going to say that he can be in both of them and not worry about it and i thought well okay it's it's fine because it's doctor who yeah 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 but it was one of those moments where it, it wants to and but i admire it because it wants to be as interested in the master talking to 
uh, the lone yes. Cyberman as it does dropping revelations on the Doctor that this isn't it, Chris Chibnall isn't saying no 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 what this really is is a story about some Cybermen and the companions and separately a story about the Master and the Doctor it's like no they're connected they're intertwined the Master and the Cybermen are really what the story is about it's it's much more than than what you thought and and I think pulled it off which I was so I, I felt like tried to do something harder and pretty well succeeded at it uh, when I I honestly wasn't expecting that I was expecting it to be kind of revelatory interesting stuff and a kind of a, an explosions let down storyline um, mixed and it wasn't that yeah I gotta say that I also admire the sheer storytelling chutzpah of doing that whole oh it's okay i can do both of these things i can be which is not something that has ever you know it's one of the another new thing that's never been in doctor who before but hey let, let's just do it and i i don't mind it because that wasn't important like wh- how the master can do this or the fact that we are going to focus on both stories at once that doesn't matter that's not important what's more important what had more of a potential to sort of you make you go huh wait a minute and be a letdown was unresolved issues that they'd set up before just having the balls go no it's fine he'll just do both of these things at once right. that's just you know just move on yeah i i almost thought what he was going to do was say oh don't worry i i set up my powerpoint presentation in the matrix a long time ago so she's <laughs> I'm just playing a video for her. It's she's she's got that. I I've got you know your full attention, my full attention. We're talking here, Mister Cyberman, sir. Um, but he was like, no, I can do both. <laughs> like, okay, fine, great. You know, you're very talented. Um, you got the you downloaded the Matrix and and then the Siberium later, so you've got a lot going on inside that that head of yours. Um, all right. Well, I I I took so many notes that we will never be able to get through it, but I'll try to hit some high points of the of the episode and and we'll see where it leads us um the uh let's talk about the cybermen plot because what's happening here is the cybermen are going they've arrived at the boundary kosharmus is down there he's an old general apparently he's got some tricks to try and survive the master invites them through and says please come to gallifrey i want you over here i want to talk to you and then in this part of the plot because again he can do be in two places at once we we do get some our characters on the ship are hiding in cybermen outfits in order to try to escape and they see that there's a transmat so they can they can beam down basically before they go through the boundary which is what they do we have uh we have uh, ryan and kasharmas and uh, the kid on the ground kind of like trying to survive when they beam down some some cyber units to attack them and then um the master is having a conversation with the lone cyberman on uh gallifrey where he's trying to explain like i have a big plan what's your big plan we'll compare our big evil plans and see where we go from here um which uh leads to some stuff that we can talk about in a little bit but um i you know i thought this was uh, uh again like last week lots of lots of explosions the cybermen are kind of more interesting because they've kind of got some purpose to them in, behind their schemes i thought that was good um i i like the humor that's in the stuff with graham and yaz especially like uh what if we hid inside the cyberman armor and they look at him and he's like look i didn't say it was a perfect plan yeah. <laughs> um, i, 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 I thought I thought Graham has just watched Star Wars an awful so, lot. Th- so this is what I was well, going to say is no, the one no, line what? that we don't get is, aren't you a little short for a Cyberman? Yes. Uh, Come I thought on. That. But I, no, no, I, what I, I have some headcanon, by he, the way, which I'll share right now, which is I assume Cyberman suits have like little like adjust height adjustment things, like almost like they're on stilts because people come platforms. in different sizes. <laughs> So they probably have like adjustments so that they can all be a uniform height, even though the organic stuff on the inside normally isn't. So that's my headcanon for why they all look like proper Cybermen and not like a couple of really short ones, because that would have been funny, but also suspicious. It's not Star Wars that Graham's seen. It's Revenge of the Cybermen, which has this exact thing (laughs) in it, like humans disguised as Cybermen. I would have loved a moment where he says, hey... Yeah, did you ever see on UK Gold? Do you ever see that old Doctor <laughs> Who show? It um, was yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go on, James. No, I was just going to say the one thing with the, the them sending down the Cybermen to run through the tents and all that. It was like, does this ship not have guns on it? Could you not just you know? Well, they beamed bomb him down, the th- but they beamed him down on the way through, right? You're, I guess you're right. You could they have strafed and blown up the entire camp? Well, I guess they could have, but the people would have still been running around, and they would have had to send. 
it, it's it's fine like <laughs> that that was what i read it was like well the master says do me a favor can you kill all those people before you know leave some people behind and kill all those guys before you come through and i'm like okay we'll do that and so it's it's a right they could have beamed down even more cybermen right they could have like yeah, or it's just convenient. crush the tent under the ship, it, as James it, says. Yes, but it very much yeah, feels you know. like we did need to have something for the companions to do, so this is what we have for them to do. Yes, and Ryan got his basketball moment. Yeah. Yes, I like I like that. Well, like paying again. off the, the weeks of basketball <laughs> yeah. training. And, that and all the, the funny, like, again, funny stuff that, that comes. There's no funny stuff really, or at least not very much, coming from the Doctor and the Master, but, but with the companions especially, and some stuff from the Master, there are, there are moments of, of humor that uh, I appreciated because it kind of lightens, lightens the seriousness of it. Ever, and, and Graham has a lot of uh, those kind of funny lines. I, I liked the, the chat between Graham and Yaz where, he go, where um, Graham goes into great detail on how she's the best person he's ever met and all that. And she just comes back with, you know, you're pretty good too. And he's, I don't know if mock offended or genuinely a bit offended, but she comes back with that, I'm from Yorkshire, that's a love letter. Mm. And I thought that was really good. It's also accurate uh, as somebody who lives in that part of the country. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, that was, that was a, a really nice scene too because it, it is heartfelt, it, and then it's and then it's also funny. <laughs> it was it was really on the nose, but sure. I, I think this and you and I talked about this in the flashcast we did before, Jason. I really think a lot of Graham's character arc this season has been, frankly, about doing things that in. British culture, men are not comfortable doing. Mm. And he's deliberately right. said and done a lot of things that, you know, traditionally British men do not do. Uh, and, you know, having somebody, as I've said before, like Bradley Walsh in that role, who is pretty much universally loved by everyone in the country, doing those sorts of things, I think is it, it's uh, an interesting choice for sure. Yeah, I, I think... Um what he says too, like I know this is going to sound like a like like a dad or like I know like an old man but you know you really are great and you're 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 better than the doctor because you don't even have the time machine and all that it's very sweet it it you know and and I think what we talked about Anthony absolutely that giving him permission to say these it is also we may we may die so I'm going to tell you this now well sure yes there's that but, yeah <laughs> the one thing that, and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but That's this fine. is what I mean about the stuff that does matter. You know, things like why doesn't the ship strafe the camp or whatever, you know, obviously for story purposes, et cetera, et cetera. Not bothered about that. More bothered about this whole business of the cyber man, the lone cyber man being part of a resistance is never addressed in this episode. No, so, so that's never resolved. And that's it, like, it, so, so the why line, was it there? I'm told that in the closed captioning, what the line the line he says in The Haunting of, of the Villa, Deodati, is, I killed my family when they joined the Resistance. So he oh. he's a wannabe Cyberman who like got turned down or didn't get entirely converted or converted himself or something like that. Um but yeah, I do. I, I will say Doctor Who has a long tradition of taking, building up these big villains and then kind of like just cutting them off. Tossing them aside. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, this season that's happened. Right. So uh, here it's a it's a an interesting moment when it happens. But like I found him fascinating. And here he just sort of gets talked to death by the master. And that's the end of the lone <laughs> Cyberman. And oh, well. Um, also, he has to death. Also, one of the things that I did roll my eyes at is the the death particle, which um, we oh, have never yeah. heard of before. But <laughs> here it is. And now it's the mo oh, I and then there's that line later where they're like, well, what what can we do? And the, the lady says, well, I've heard tell of a story of a death <laughs> particle. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a bit. I, I mean, the whole death particle thing and and. And the like, not to skip ahead, but the 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 one explosive that you know that the doctor who has built like entire Sonics out of spoons or whatever yeah. couldn't make a timer for, right? Um, and had to be there in person to to trigger it. That that whole thing yeah. didn't really work for me, but you know, I get why it was there. Right, like a little a little timer with a a little uh, thing that 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 pushes the button, and then you. Put tape that tape, tape that together and run it in there and 
Uh, what, uh, one yeah. of those little nodding bird things just to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the, Did the, anybody else get Obi-Wan vibes, by the way, from oh, absolutely. Uh, when I mean, he was planting those yeah. explosives? Well, when, was when he was like picturing the sort of mo- moving around <laughs> that column or whatever out the way of things. Exactly, and, exactly. Oh, yeah. And avoiding the Cybermen mm-hmm. as he did so. I was like, is this a deliberate homage to the Tractabine well, scene? He, it I felt he, like it. I thought he was Obi-Wan like last uh, week. And in this, when he refers to himself as a general, yes. which I think was for the first time. Ah, I was that's like, true, yes, yes. I, Again, if he'd said, oh, that's a name I haven't heard for a long time. You're <laughs> <laughs> a little short for a Cyberman. And then later he could say, I, uh, I, fought, I, I fought with your, your father in the Cyber Wars, which he basically did say. So there you go. Cyberman, yeah. Clone Wars. It's all the same. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, like when, when the when the the uh, lone Cyberman says, you know, oh, it will not leave me while I live. I right. was like, how stupid yeah. are you? Yeah. <laughs> although, yeah. although from a, again, it's like he's he's the big bad, but in, in fact, he's not the big bad. The master is the big bad, and I did appreciate it. If I'm viewing this from the standpoint of the master toying with somebody who thinks that they're the big villain, but they're not, it's actually kind of enjoyable. And and I will say also. Um, that scene so talk about funny things the master has a lot of funny things sasha dewan great again the um i i giggled at uh even though it's ridiculous it made me laugh which is i'll roll out the red carpet it's red because it's drenched in the blood of our people that made me laugh so much because it's ridiculous but also you know it's it's kind of good yeah that was actually pretty good but the moment where where the lone cyberman reveals his grand plan which is i have the death particle um created by the cyberium which i'm still not entirely sure about the siberium and how it works and how much of it is is him and how much of it is the siberium and all of that but but i what i really like is that moment where he's like i'm going to my goal is we're going to rise to full automation we're going to be purged of organics we're we're going to destroy all life in the universe and we'll be purely mechanical at which point the master's like oh you mean robots no right no you're just (laughs) robots You've invented robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, he says, a bit disappointed, right? Like, it's so good. And and that leads to his final line that made but, me and giggle, which is, what do we workshop this? We'll kick it around. I have some notes yeah. on this. It's like, your, your master plan, it's not really very good if the but final result is robots. Reaction, his reaction to it is so good because that's our reaction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. robots? you know, certainly mine, and I imagine most people going, yeah, wait, the is he just talking about robots? people inside them? It's like, well, no, we'll kill all the people, and then we'll just be robots. But, but then there's no, no cyber. <laughs> no. So, and, and he says, like, I used to do that. I've done loads of robots. That's terrible. But I do have yeah, a plan. Yeah, it was plan. like, you, you can't throw a stick without in this galaxy without a robot. I've done that a lot or something. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah. know I've done it. So that was, that was incredibly funny. In this tension-filled moment where the two villains are basically comparing notes about who is going, who has got the better idea. And the answer is, of course, the master has the better idea, and he's going to shrink down the uh, lone Cyberman into a little uh, little uh, character you can use on a D&D uh, map. Little metal figurine. That's all that's yep. left of him. I am uh, sure they'll be selling those yeah, soon enough. Sure, little lone Cyberman. Don't blow it up or you get the... Uh, death particle in there nobody wants a death particle so the, the whole death particle thing uh, it's so unnecessary yeah like it, it doesn't need to be a part of the cyberman's cyberman's plan and also you know it doesn't need to be the thing that blows up the master and the cybermen at the end they could have been other things that were less ridiculous I'm a, and it's you know i'm i'm loath to complain about doctor who being ridiculous because <laughs> that's part of the fun of it mm. is the absurdity but the, to introduce something that important as you said at this later stage right. and then have you know somebody go oh yes i've heard legends of this no you haven't I've, i'm <laughs> a big fan of of creating simple ridiculous things that are that don't need detail like and my best example of this is in the first episode of the of the relaunch of the show in rose the doctor says i have a solution to the autons and he holds up a beaker and says anti-plastic and she says it rose says anti-plastic he says yeah anti-plastic it's never explained it's just this stuff will kill plastic let's just (laughs) go and i love that because i don't need to know more about it however the death particle mm, it just there's something about it that rubbed me wrong 
And given that they already have the Siberian, which they also still haven't really explained, right. like, couldn't you have made the two one thing? I, yeah. I, I was it, hoping... It offends it, my my elegant, uh, you know, sensibilities. Yeah, I, I was thinking what I needed to know was in a previous episode that the lone Cyberman had a weapon or virus or something that consumed organic material that yeah. that this was his big thing is that he would kill people not by shooting them with a laser but by spraying them with the stuff that makes people dissolve and then in this moment it would be like aha and I've got a lot of it and I will use it to kill well, everybody in the universe but it's never set up there's never it's just here at the end it's dropped in and that that and it's and it's the ultimate weapon right it's 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 dropped in yeah. and everybody seems to have known about it and it's the ultimate weapon and it's just it's too easy well i mean we had like um captain jack he could have said you know beware the death particle or something in his little speech but he was being eaten alive by little nanobot things make it the same as those in some fashion right um gotta watch out for that death particle it'll get you yeah uh, and well, does the death particle bl- kill everyone in the galaxy or just on a planet? Yeah, I thought he said that it literally killed all life in the universe. But yes, but apparently if it's only blown up, or it'll be, maybe or because it's, it's been miniaturized. It's shrunk. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, mm, that's my yeah. headcanon. Because it was shrunk, uh, it only affected one planet. Anyway, but, I, I did. I, at least I do like the Master uh, getting the best of him, but it, it is a disappointment that he was a kind of properly creepy, uh, interesting villain who is then just uh, t- kind of tossed away. Like, yeah. It is a shame. We're done yeah. with him. Yeah. I, 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 hope, I would hope that he comes back somehow, you know, through the joys of time travel. Hmm. Was there a throwaway line as the explosion was about to happen? I thought... Uh, the master says something like in here yes yes he so did. i think that's a i will jump in the tardis perhaps bringing a few of my friends with me yeah, or so something let's oh talk, i missed that let's, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's there it's there as the explosion is happening and it's left unclear it's sort of like that's the the reason why the master might have have escaped and and not died but uh, we should talk about the other part of his plan then which is that he he and this is another thing that i had an issue with which is um, and I've had it the whole season, which is he says, oh, yeah, I killed I, I killed all the Time Lords and destroyed Gallifrey, which is kind of a big move that is never explained. It's like, well, just I did it. Like, suffice to say, I did it. And so I've gone the whole season thinking there's got to be more to that story. And in this well, episode, I figured he was going to use the Cybermen to do it yeah. in a sort of timey right, yeah. right. way. And instead, well, what we get is. The, yeah, go ahead. All that what he saw in the Matrix was what made him kill the Time Lords, but he explicitly says that it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He kills them, and then he's surfing around in the Matrix and finds this thing. And again, it's a big move that he is just sort of taken as a fait accompli, that, like, he did it, and we don't know how. It's like, you killed, really, you literally, you destroyed all of Gallifrey and killed all the Time Lords and put their bodies in, like, a freezer so they couldn't regenerate or something. And that's, like, not really part of the story. That just, suffice it to say that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the part that just, it bugs me, because I... I I like the twist here, which is I kept the bodies and I'm going to cyber convert them and I'm going to use the power of regeneration yeah, no, inside yeah. of Cybermen. I think I think the headpieces of the the cyber lords are a little impractical, but I loved it. I loved it. The thing I had with that is like either the master's got a lot of time or a good industrial design group that, you know, he's gone yeah. from I have this plan <laughs> to I have this plan and there's pretty intricate uh, you know, carving, and you know, we reflect the Gallifrey in the heritage here, mm-hmm. and like the you know, the face is a, a is a, a it's an unhappy face, and and there were the, lots of little details yeah. on it, and I thought you've done that, you know, you've got you've nipped in your TARDIS, you've spent a month, you know, workshopping <laughs> yeah. what it could look like, uh-huh. um, and then he comes and back, you- loads that into the three D printers on the cyber ship. Yeah, yep. and mm-hmm. uh, they come out with, and they've got cloaks, which I, I did like that as well. That made me laugh. That, I love that so much. It's like, of course, it's the Time Lords. They have they have little robe yep. vest things, that, and they're Cybermen. And like, I, I, because that was honestly, it was silly. It was fun, and it's a great idea, right? Like, what if you stuck a Time Lord in a Cyberman? 
And so that if you shot them and they died, I guess if you kill the organic parts, but not the mechanical parts, like if you damage the mechanical parts, it doesn't matter. But it's like, I'm thinking about it too much. It's like, whoa, a Time Lord is inside a Cyberman. You can't kill them. It's a, that's a, that's a super fun idea. That's never been yeah, done. Yeah. So great. And they looked fantastic. They I love the... They did. I, I, you know, I, I'm in the camp where of people who loves the pomposity and the ridiculous costumes of the Gallifreyans right. in things like Deadly Assassin. So mm-hmm. when they marched out wearing the huge domed collars and stuff like but yeah in metal i was i was on board and, <laughs> and let's be fair the time lords are awful most of the time we see them there are good time lords oh, but yeah, mostly yeah, it yeah. is a rotting decadent but, society they're terrible people they do terrible things and so on one level it's like of course they're cybermen now sure of course they are i mean we were saying last week that cybermen have been pretty bad on their own and you know the time lord stories generally you know not great mm. so let's put them together and we can have something uh different and interesting yeah, yeah. Um, if i had more time here i would make some kind of uh parallel comparison between elric of melnibone and uh the doctor the gallifreyan time lords and the doctor's role in that society and all that sort of thing because they were both you know it was around the 60s 70s both kind of came around the same time and it's they're sort of in the field of one would have been aware of the other but that's for another podcast (laughs) but so we've got like a whole thread that we haven't talked about yes which is the what happens in the matrix yes that's that in fact james perfectly Leave that till last, yeah. Perfectly timed. Well, I, I, um, I was going to go there now because I'm not sure. I feel like we've kind of gone as far down the Cyberman story as we can go. I mean, we've gotten all the way to the to the end, and we even talked about the Death Particle. <laughs> so, um, the other piece of it is the is the Matrix, and this is one of those things where I'm sure people watched this and thought, "Oh, the Matrix." They couldn't come up with a more clever name for it than just ripping off the the movie The Matrix, uh, and it's like, "Oh, it's from the Deadly Assassin in 1976." The the original VR Matrix uh, was Doctor Who, but um, all the references in this part of the storyline, it's amazing. The 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 direct references to the Deadly Assassin, like the Panopticon, is down there. We as, we graduated here, assassinated presidents here, the best yeah. of times, right? It's like. <laughs> Yes. Um, and and uh, so the, he puts the doctor in the matrix and basically, like I said, kind of presses play on his uh, on his PowerPoint presentation that's going to explain the history of the Time Lords, because he um, he kept the trove of secrets around and he says, I was just playing around and I found everything. Um, and he and then he proceeds to tell. And, and this is an interesting storytelling choice because it literally is just stopping the plot for the master to tell a story about the history of the time lords but um but it's pretty cool <laughs> so uh before the time lords there were there were just shibogans on gallifrey and then there was an explorer named tecteon who um who s- developed space travel traveled around and on one planet found a, a boundary another boundary a gateway a portal of some sort into an unknown dimension or universe um she looked through it and glimpsed the in the infinite and beneath it she found a child who she took home and raised and then one day in a scene that is a match for the kid falling off the cliff last week the child yeah. falls off the a cliff and doesn't die but regenerates <laughs> I mean, I think all of that, uh, the island stuff was matched in this because, yes. you know, the, the child was found. So child was found in a basket mm-hmm. um, and goes off and gets a, a job for the police, apparently, uh-huh. uh, like some kind of Gallifrey in Section 31 or something. Right. Um, and then has at the end of their service to to this uh, gets a clock um yes for the services and, to the division and gets their memory wiped although yeah. wait so so i i read that slightly differently because part of the story that we're told about tecteon is that like the child regenerated many many times and it's not I mean, it's not explicitly said that she killed the child so that it would regenerate many, many times. But, you know, one way or another, she lived an awful long time while that child kept dying and regenerating. Yes, I I did think there was probably a little bit of... uh, Well, um, and so I took the, the stuff in Ireland. I didn't... I mean, yes, I can see how it could be taken to be this whole business with the division and a memory wipe before the Hartnell Doctor and all that sort of thing, which we'll talk about in a moment. But... I actually took it as being 
the child's each child's generation because at the end of that remember there's this whole like you know we're sorry but we've got to you know we've effectively got to kill you now and you won't remember any of it i think so so no i i I don't think that that actually bears up in the in the there are there are match cuts of the doctor and of the uh that person from the division talking to the talking to the timeless child and somebody else about how they're going to uh, uh, not do strict non-intervention and the division doesn't exist and doesn't have operatives and all of that. That's all happening intercut with um, images of Brendan in Ireland. So th- I, and on the clock, it says for services to the division. So oh, no, you're right. It does. So yes, I think I yes. think that Sorry, is, I've only seen it once. But, but here's uh, yeah, the thing about, about, about the mother or about Tecteun, right, is I, I think that it's a good question to ask, and I think that the episode doesn't really dwell on it, which is interesting in its own way about, like, is she causing the child to keep regenerating in order to figure this out? But what I don't love about that well, scene... to be fair, I, I think it might be a bit overly morbid to focus well, for them on, to on focus killing on children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But mm, it, it maybe, but at the same time, that may be the sin at the heart of the Time Lord Society is this. But what I, what I really bothers me about it is this is her adopted child, and I know that there are reasons because of child actors and you give them dialogue, you have to pay them differently and all these things. But the child just sits in that chair and is totally passive and doesn't like, isn't talking to Tecteun, doesn't have, like, that's the part that bothered me is it bothered me that like the child seems totally passive and not a participant in some sort of, you know, family relationship with her mother who is investigating this power that she has it's all just sort of shorthanded to a bunch of silent children sitting in chairs while Tecteun studies them and that, that kind of bugged me um i i, I liked the the camera shot of like the panning around the chair as the child changed mm-hmm. frequently mm-hmm. um but one of the things that about the the uh the section 31 stuff um that's the division. I, I've, yes, I've forgotten what it was called already. Um, the division. We used to call uh, them the Celestial Intervention Agency, but apparently now they're the division. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the yeah, the temporal uh, whatever they are in. Yeah. Anyway, the what? Who was the other person in the chair who was mm. also getting the the briefing? Because I thought that the reveal was going to be that it was the master, right? And you know, the master and the doctor had gone off and done this stuff, and. Uh, and it had variously messed with their heads to a certain extent. Oh, no, I thought that was Tecteun having regenerated. Ah, uh, I don't know. Because when Tecteun regenerated, didn't she regenerate into that form? Wasn't that her oh, appearance? I, I, I've also only seen it once, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> You could well be right. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, does, I can't it, remember It does solve our question that. About, that we had about season 6B, which is this is not that. This is no, that before... No. And and what uh, Jody Whitaker says at one point is, did you regenerate me back into a child? Then and and that's I think the strong suggestion is that what the doctor remembers as their life begins in that you know and in, in the barn in listen and all of that and and growing yeah, up yeah. to become the William Hartnell Doctor. That is that is as far back as the memory goes because they reach that point where they um, they wipe got they got rid of everything. Thank you for your service. And wiped everything, and then uh, you started right, again as yeah. a child, and you would never know that you were any anything special, and that everything that came before was different. Although still yet to be discussed is well, that means that the TARDIS has been with the Doctor longer than the Doctor remembers, and how did that happen? And we just that's not well, not to not, be discussed yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, there was the, so there was the question as to whether Ruth is a. Uh, before or after, and in, the, yeah. and in the flashbacks where it does the sort of countdown through oh, all man. the pre- previous doctors and many, many, many things. I went through that in freeze frame. Yes, um, Ruth is the last thing pre Hartnell, so there is uh. an implication there if you're doing chronology that Ruth is pre Hartnell, just the, yes. implied uh, from that, what, and, the, and that she's possibly the very last Doctor pre Hartnell, possibly well, because right. she is well because she is the one who's on the run, on the run, remember mm-hmm. from the division. Right. So actually, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she she was on the run and then spent a while in Port Marion, being a you know chased by balls because she tried to leave the <laughs> secret service. <Yeah. laughs> but what I love about this. I mean, apart from all the, obviously, the sort of, you know, there's a certain who-nerdism to it that is wonderful. And, and it I completely, must admit, I've enjoyed... completely I've, en- I've enjoyed them. on 
Right, and I've enjoyed on Twitter tonight watching Liz Miles oh go my through, God. Wait, have all the realisations of like, wait, this means that this is canon and this is canon mm-hmm. and the brains of Morbius and yes. Peter Cushing. The brains of Morbius thing. is but explicitly made canon that, it is, in the brain of Morbius that, that they saw those all those faces. This They all appear but, in the flashback. So, But what I love about this is that it's all canon. Yes. This makes right? everything canon. An infinity if you want it to be. of potential doctors yeah which is isn't that just great such a brilliant it's, it, it's great and it's also it's a massive two fingers up to everybody who was going on about the doctor shouldn't be a woman or shouldn't be a yeah. person of color and all this well, that, it's like no the that, doctor is everyone and and um the this is the doctor's original form when viewed when discovered is a a girl who is a person of color yep. and then we see the regenerations and it is a it runs the gamut. It's 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 male figures and female figures and different uh, you know different uh, different ethnicities, ethnicities and, yeah, and, yeah. and and skin color and hair color and all of it. Yep. It's just like a wide variety. The idea that the doctor has been kind of everybody over the course of their lives and that's that's out there to be played with. And yes, if you want to believe somehow that Peter Cushing was actually the doctor, um, you can you yeah. can <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yep. Uh, like it, say an infinity of doctors. Yeah. I just I love so, it. It's so audacious. So I wanted to say that that I was after all the theorizing in the last few weeks about this. Ever since the Ruth Doctor appeared, all of the theorizing, I actually thought that this was a rather gentle. Everything you know is wrong. In that it doesn't. It, it, there were lots of theories about how it's like the Doctor and the Master were both, you know, put into the service of this thing, and then they had to escape, and that's why they have a connection and all that. Or like there was a, one theory that I saw that was really interesting was that the um, all the humans that had been fleeing through the boundary had fled into the past of Gallifrey and that they're the origin of life on Gallifrey, that the Shabokans are actually just oh. the humans who fled uh, the the Cybermen, which it could still be, um, but probably not, but could be. But this is like, now, like, this is not about that. This is just about the Doctor. The, jo- the Doctor is the origin of the Time Lords, and that's big enough, prob- frankly. Um, it did give me a moment. There's a, there's a line where she says something about um, saving the universe, and and I said to myself, you're not even from this universe. <laughs> you came through some portal from somewhere and nobody knows who you are or where you're from. Uh, well, but we don't know that. Well, we don't know. Just she was standing, standing down... at the base of the portal. I know, we don't right? know whether she came through from the other side, but she might have done. She might have done. She might have, but nobody saw it. So it could, yeah. it's open to interpretation in, in mean, the Doctor Who series 45 in the year 2070. <laughs> I mean, I saw somebody uh, talking about the, you know, everything you know is a lie kind of thing and saying, well, it isn't really. And making it's it's a bit more like sort of finding out that you were adopted and sort of, you know, it kind of throws what you believe to be true into, you know, maybe, you know, am I who I think I am kind of thing. But it, it didn't really invalidate. It didn't yeah. invalidate any of the things that have happened that you've known about really well well, and that's what i say that's what i love about it it doesn't actually it doesn't negate anything you've seen it doesn't say actually this wasn't true or somebody steps out the shower and it was all a dream it doesn't do any of that it just says no actually it's all true and a whole lot more more. And, and she and, has the great reaction of saying you know you thought this would diminish me or whatever but you know it's it's just it's like it's just there's more of me. And, yeah. And- well, and and that's the importance. And I mentioned this in the um, in the Jadun episode, and it comes back here where we see Ruth, the Doctor again. Um, the um, she she is very clearly the Doctor, and that's so reassuring, right? Because that that's that moment in that in the previous episode and in this episode where you could look at this and say, "Oh my God, I was another person before." And what both of these scenes do is reassure you, like, no. No, it's you. Same like, person. You were always yeah. you. You were always you. You might not remember some of the people you were before, but it was always you. You always had this attitude. You were always on the side, of, you know, and when we meet uh, that doctor, she's on the run because she doesn't want to do that job anymore because of who we know the doctor to be. Just like the Hartnell doctor. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the thing with this, the, like the master's plan seems to be either to have 
you know, either to win and and take over the, you know, the whole galaxy or whatever. And I don't think that was really the plan. The plan seemed to be to get the Doctor to kill both of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, the oh, yeah, Master yeah. expects well, he, the, the, the Cybermen to kill him. He says, yeah, well, and he explicitly says to the Doctor, become me. Yeah. That's always been his aim is to make the Doctor sink to his level. Right. And, and, it's the and whole the Master- Joker Batman thing. And the master's like mostly annoyed because he has a bit of the doctor in him, giving him his regeneration. Yeah, that's the source of all his anger is that he now the doctor <laughs> is the reason that he exists at all. And that infuriates him, which is that I'll buy that. That's a very master like uh, a thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think. But, I think so, so. But also, let's not forget that when he talks to the lone Cyberman, he basically says, I, I kind of thought you would kill us both here. And I'd be okay with that, which I think has always been a part of the master's personality. Like the master, especially the modern series master, is it's a fine line between wanting to take over or just being so miserable that he's happy. Like, like that this whole thing is is kind of like a cry for help or a cry for it to be all over. And and so for Sasha Dewan to have that that moment with him where he's like, well, that would have been fine too. Like if you if we all died here, that would have been fine too. Because but- that's I, I feel like that's part of the master. The the problem that I guess I have with that 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 bit is you know he wants the the doctor to kill everyone and to prove that the doctor is just like the master and all the doctor really does is run away while somebody else does it for the doctor. Right. Well, that's and it's like I, what po- I mean that's been a, a running theme on some of the modern Doctor Who as mm-hmm. well as to whether the doctor is just using all the companions as weapons and Koshamus you know has it clearly has some unresolved issues and uh this was their uh redemption arc mm-hmm. but uh but yeah just sort of like no it's okay i'll push the button you run away yeah um, well again to to make another batman analogy it's like that uh, the argument over batman morality with like i don't have to kill you i just don't have to save you and then you're like well but is that any better is that actually yeah. you know any less morally horrible <laughs> No, the, 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 I mean, the master's relationship with the doctor always seems to be, you know, notice me, uh, be like me, or maybe I'll be like you. And I, I, I did have that moment where the master says something about how, you know, I, I never, I forget exactly what he says, but it's something like, you know, I, I, I don't have a, uh, a, a better nature. <laughs> this is, yes. this is who I am. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, except I saw Missy, right? Right, yeah. right. Oh, well, I, I thought I assumed that that was a reference to the Missy uh, story arc, but I think we're still not clear what the order of regenerations is there either. Right. So mm-hmm. Missy could be later, future, or you know, I don't know. Uh, but I, I so the, the resolution for this, to the you know, the the one group jumps in uh, a TARDIS. Uh, yeah, and, you know, re- reusing old the old Tardis. sets again. Oh, I love that set. <laughs> yeah, well, they've I, used I mean, it many, many times now because they used it for yeah, yeah. for the one that they steal that Peter Capaldi steals. They used it again for the first Doctor's Tardis in the in that uh, that last episode with Peter Capaldi, um, and they used it as as uh, Ruth's Tardis in the June yep. episode, and we get it twice here as two more Tardises. So they've gotten their money's worth, and I think it's based on the set, maybe from the the. Um, Adventures in Space and Time yeah. original series. So, so, yeah. so yeah. They, they've really got their money's worth out of it is what I'm but, saying. But I, I liked A, you know, they have both have working chameleon circuits mm-hmm. and, you know, one takes them back in a sort of like uh, detached house yes. in some... Uh, My notes say, oh, uh, look, a house landed. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, materialized in an empty lot. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I like that. And then the doctor appears in a quarry um, mm-hmm. Which seemed quite fitting in a tree. In a tree, uh, the the one tree in the quarry, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so you can which spot it when I you felt, get back. And somebody with better who law knowledge than me will know, but haven't we had uh, a TARDIS as a tree before? Like maybe the one of the Masters uh, mm, tree. I don't know. Uh, TARDIS is something. I immediately sure thought of the Princess before. Bride. Is what I thought. <laughs> it's oh, a door in the tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> goes to a large um, space but it's it's down below it's not like transcendentally dimensionally transcendental whatever it is but yeah. but i liked the, the the doctor leaping out of that tardis walking around the corner going into her tardis uh-huh. and then having to reassure the tardis that you know it didn't mean anything it was just yeah. this one time <laughs> yeah, don't get jealous <laughs> but now we have three tardises out there in the yes universe. Yeah. so you've got two backups if you need um <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know if that other, like the TARDIS that the uh, companions, uh, or like the extended companions, because there's now like seven of them yeah. or something, um, th- how, if that's going to be relevant again, because we now have the Doctor not to jump again. Oh, no, I think it has to be, because how yeah. else are they going to rescue the how Doctor? How else are they going to rescue the Doctor? The Doctor well, is... You know- the doctor is go- is in her TARDIS, and the Jadun materialize and say, "You're under arrest, and we're picking you away for life and putting you in in maximum security in a prison." And we get. And by the way, I will point out that that one I read is the last thing that Jadun say when they leave is, "But Jadun contracts must always be fulfilled." And I thought, "Oh, they're going to be back. Yeah. They're they're going to be back." But uh, great David Tennant esque moment there, where she's like, "What? What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> and can she's I, locked can I away. Can I also just say? Like, if the Jadoon are able to materialize in inside the, TARDIS, the yeah. Doctor's TARDIS, it's like, well, why would you ever need it, a TARDIS? It's parked and it's powering up. That's sort of what I was thinking is is that it's... Is uh, it? Right? It's the, I thought it was supposed... To, is it parked? No, I thought yeah, it was she, supposed to be it's moving not, It's point. not going yet. No, she's just sitting there uh, thinking, having a think uh, okay. by, right. in the quarry. Yeah, she says, I'll, I'll take a moment or something. Yeah. I'll, you know, before oh, I move right, on, yeah. I will just sit for a, a few plot-relevant moments. Yeah, well, I think um, she's overwhelmed with everything that's happened, right? So I, I, did, I thought that that was appropriate, that she might not want to jump right into it. And when you've got a time machine, you can take your time if you need to, right? But the true, Jadoon true. don't let her. Uh, but I think that is relevant, right? That the the fam has the house TARDIS. Yes, yes. And they may be yeah. able to if they if they discover that she's in trouble, they might even be able to pilot it or get somebody to pilot it for them. I, I don't know. I'm sure they can. Well, I mean, you know, who knows? Captain Jack knows how to operate mm-hmm. a TARDIS, doesn't he? You yeah. Know, yeah, he's out there somewhere. Um, I, I mean, the, or the, an old companion. Um, they can find some old, uh, you know, previous companion and say, "You know how to fly this thing, right?" <laughs> Well, Possibly. I mean, we've had uh, the, so the doctor turns up in prison is, is the sort of final scene, and we have the pullback of the uh, prison space station, whatever. Possibly Sharda, who knows? Um, or it's uh, and, or or a stormwatch and river or, is two doors it, down. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to spring the doctor, and oh, that's how we're going to get. That would be actually a pretty good. Uh, that would uh, be Christmas oh. e- episode. Uh, but yeah. you you mentioned about like you know the doctor saying oh I need a moment and what have you and I think that's probably a good time to can we just talk again and reiterate as I know we all have throughout this whole season of just how good Jodie Whittaker mm. is yes she I mean carries like what feels like seventy five percent of this episode on her shoulders well and I think does between her and Sasha Dewan I think the two of them sort well, of glowering at, yeah. glowering at each other I think they both carry about seventy five percent of the episode there is a scene so, in the Matrix where for at least a minute it's just Jodie Whittaker talking with nothing yes. around her. And right in which, gray, yeah. And, and, and then she least, says, least, uh, "Look at me, I'm talking to myself again," which is great. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a um, good sign. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love I love both of them, and I think that you know the rest of them get a reasonable amount to do mm. as well. You know, sort of um, again, Ryan less so, but Graham and Yaz and and the other extended people. Um, but I saw somebody online uh, after this episode point out that. Part of the brilliance of Sasha Dewan's performance is that he c- appears constantly to be just on the verge of tears, but then, like, the spite comes through and mm-hmm. instead he gets angry. And that is, that's a great summation of how he plays the master. Well, well, but it there's works. The, there's the it's line, really good. There's the line about, you know, has it, you know, has all this destruction, you know, quelled your rage or whatever it is? And he says, oh, I don't think anything's ever going to do that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I like... I mean, I think that the throwaway line of, you know, just jump in this cupboard or whatever means that he's going to be back. I mean, even if the entire planet had been blown up, he would be back anyway. But It's, it's the master. I mean, you know, yeah, he's um, going to be back. Yeah. But the, the, the fact that he says it uh, suggests to me that it, we may see more of the... the um, regenerating Cybermen or at least one or, you know, something like that. Sure. Uh, I, I just hope we see more of him. I, I think he's, oh yeah. I, he's I, a I really, think, really good master. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he will stick around probably at least uh, as long as Jodie Whittaker does. So I would hope yeah. he will pop up at least mm. in an episode next season. But I do agree, Anthony, the, um, the perform this year too, I, I, I think Jodie, Jodie Whittaker's performance has been even better than last year and and that she like 
she's aided in the writing. I think the writing was much better this year too, but her performance is really good and she manages to have the sunny fun disposition most of the time but with the layers under it that come out and there is that moment we haven't even mentioned yet that i i really love there's that moment where they're up on the like the hillside in probably south africa and uh she she basically shoves the master to the ground and shouts at him like yes, she's yes. Oh, yes, like yes. you just do it tell me this what you know that, that she's so angry and frustrated in that moment and it's like it's that's uh i i because if you haven't seen Broadchurch, she shows a lot of colors in that 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 she doesn't get a lot of chance to show in in doctor who but um this season she's been able to let some of those out and uh yeah she's great it is it, it is a really really good performance and talk about the level of difficulty too to how do you interpret how are you the first woman to interpret this part on tv and she's um she's figured it out like she's she's done a great job she's really i I would like to know like because reactions to the previous season were mixed i would say i mean i had some problems with the writing but Mm -hmm. i thought she was great throughout um yeah she wasn't one of my complaints about last season yes um (laughs) right but you know like they've they've improved i think uh on pretty much all levels the from previous season to this season uh and i just want to know like who sat down and said well you know or we should reference more more you know previous doctors and things like that you know did somebody have that kind of calculating conversation of you know well that will you know uh Well, well it's the question of was it a reaction or was this always the plan yeah that, and that's what we don't know, and I suspect we may... I, I won't say never, but I suspect we won't know until some years after Chibnall has left right. the role of showrunner if, when if he'll ever. feel comfortable talking... Right, feel comfortable talking about it. But yeah, the question is, did he want the show in general to be more like last season you know kill the uh, leave the past behind kill it if you have to sort of style or or when he's being reacted and said okay fine you want law nerds you know here you go (laughs) or was this always the plan to go no i want to do this master plan and have the infinity of doctors but to get away with it first i need to completely break with the past I mean, when when he's being interviewed on stage by one of our friends, get Stephen to ask him yeah. Gally, Gally <laughs> in ten years or so. I suspect this is the kind of thing that we'll only ever find out, kind of whispered in. It's it's like the story that we've heard about how. Um, and again, I think I've said this on a podcast before, but it's it's generally known that Stephen Moffat was ready to be done, and and they were yeah. ready to hire. Chris Chibnall and Chibnall had, had was committed to Broadchurch season three. And so they essentially hired Chris Chibnall and went back to Stephen Moffat and said, please, we need one more year. And he was like, all right. And that's why that last year with Bill and all that, it's, it's fun. And I like it a lot actually, but the previous Christmas episode and all that, that was, that was supposed to be Stephen Moffat stepping away and then supposed like, to be the end. They yeah. did not let him go. And that's, and I imagine it'll be something like that where it'll just kind of come out in dribs and drabs somewhere about like what, and we'll never really know exactly the truth about it. But I do, I'm fascinated to know whether, was this a course correction? Uh, was this always the plan? And if it was a course correction, why was it made? When was it made? Um, but, uh, who cares? The, this season was a lot yeah, better. Either way, whatever. I, I mean, I think from <laughs> the, uh, I think the turning point for me was the the Dalek episode, the the resolutions episode, because yep. I think that was the first the first one that I had no complaints at all about. Um, and then since then, it's been pretty yep. solid. Well, they're um, coming back because, as we saw at the very end of the credits for this episode, yep. doc- the Doctor will return in Revolution of the Daleks. Um, and that, uh, again, will be a presumably holiday special. They did, they did shoot it as part of this block and then, and they're not going to shoot next season until the fall, which means we're looking at a long time before they come back, which is, uh, don't get me started on that. Their inability to do, if they want to do 10 episodes a year, that's fine. But I'd like 10 episodes a year, not 10 episodes and a special every 18 months, which seems to be what they're capable of right now. I don't love that. 
Don't love that. Oh, um, that is kind of nuts. I didn't know they were even, weren't even shooting until. The I don't fall. think so. That's I don't think they're shooting crazy, yet. I think yeah. they're still writing it. Um, oh, the, one of the great things that this episode will do is it's going to have ripple effects where everybody starts to realize that these assumptions they've made about Doctor Who canon now can change, uh, and we'll see more and more of it. As we were sitting here talking, I thought, well, now my interpretation of the whole John Pertwee era is that the powers that be at Gallifrey decided that they needed the Doctor to be an operative again and uh, didn't care that they had promised him that they would, you know, or her promised them that they would wipe their memory and and put them back in and and let let them alone or whatever. They're like, no, the Doctor was very effective. We're going to go back there. Like that color, like anything you want to color with these revelations, you can do it now which is fun and yes also all of those brain of morbius images on the screen that were members of the production team are now canonical doctors so congratulations to terence dix the late terence dix he is the doctor after all and big finish get to write an infinite number an infinite of stories exactly yeah. yes that's great um, and i i also bring, i loved yeah. again so on the nose but i loved that line from uh the doctor in this episode where jody gets to say I've have you ever been limited by who you were before? Just like so on the nose, but just encapsulates the attitude towards her as the Doctor so brilliantly. That's yeah. Um, and Joe Martin says that line I think to Jodie Whittaker, right? Isn't that? Uh, oh no, I thought she said it to the Master. Huh. No, I, I, I well, oh, is it? Oh, I think that, okay, I think that's I Joe Martin saying <laughs> to Jodie Whittaker in the Matrix, "Have is you it? ever been limited uh, by who you were?" Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It was. Right? So yes. it's the doctor yes. as Joe, Joe yep. Martin's doctor speaking to Jodie Whittaker's doctor no, saying, right. you've always been able to be you. And that doesn't change because there were more of you than than you thought. And no, it's, right. It is a I great was gonna get, line. I was going to get... I was going to get mixed up with when Jody says to the master, yeah, you know, it doesn't lessen me, it makes me more. But right. yes, no, you're absolutely That's right. That's the message, the right? Is that the, and yeah. the master is banking on this being, I've destroyed you, right? This, this information has destroyed you. And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. no, that, no, it doesn't. No, actually, it's uh, strengthened me. Yeah, I yeah. love that. <laughs> so, so there's a couple of questions. So we have, where is the doctor actually from? Um, uh-huh. What is the division? Yes. Um, uh, which regeneration is Ruth? And are we going to see more Ruth? Uh, yep. Because if if Ruth is pre uh, Hartnell, then Jodie Whittaker isn't going to regenerate into Ruth, which was one of the theories. Yeah. Um, and also, where is Jack Harkness? Because like <laughs> you got in John Barrowman, he did like fifteen minutes. I was expecting a payoff. Um, and we I, I reckon he's in the special. That's my could be. well. Best. I, Chibnall said he yeah. wouldn't see him the rest of this season, and that was accurate. That, that could be a very legal, legally <laughs> <Yes>. accurate way <laughs> of saying <laughs> you won't see him this season. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, I do. Yeah, I also have. Uh, I'm just uh, going through my mind things like Matt Smith being an old man and saying, "Oh well, I'm I'm not going to regenerate again," and then beseeching the Time Lords to give him extra regenerations and all that. And I'm thinking now they were just uh, they're they're shining him on because the Doctor can. Yeah. I, I assume at this yeah. point what yeah, what this like, series says is the Doctor him. is not a Time Lord <laughs> and can regenerate infinitely. Yeah, so they said they they kind of had a little snigger to themselves and said, "Yeah, go on, sure. you, you've got another, you've got another twelve, give it a go." go for it. Uh, <laughs> see, I I agree with you that there are questions about whether we'll actually see the Joe Martin Doctor again because if she is pre Hartnell, you know, it's difficult to justify making a series unless it's a spin off. Blah blah blah. But just the mere fact that she exists in canon. Right. has been on screen and you know even if she only now lives on at, like the eighth doctor as a, a cornucopia of big finish productions that's still better mm-hmm. than not having her at all if i ha- yeah. if i had to put money down i would say we will see her again and we will hear much more about the division and the work that the doctor did before, oh yeah, no. I, I think we'll Lords, see right? her again as a as a guest in. This I, yeah, I could show. see a, a multi-doctor team up episode where you know Two we doctors, can ha- yeah. have five doctors mm-hmm. or whatever, and pull in her as one of those. Yeah. Anybody, um, anybody they want now. Yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Even one of the production crew from Brains of Morbius. Yeah. That's right. They can come back around. Philip Hinchcliffe can come back in. And they can also then, high, you know, they can finally cast Hugh Grant or whatever and say, well, he was one too back in the day. And we had, um, 
there was the whole um, uh, Tom Baker's reappearance using an old face yes. thing line, yeah. which can tie. It's yeah. all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think that now the gift that and Doctor, Tom Baker's waxwork Doctor Who showrunners uh, give to future Doctor Who showrunners is more open space for them to drop other things if they want to. That's part of their 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 gift is more empty spaces that could plausibly be filled with other retcons in the future. It's great. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of this discussion and this season, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We are going to do, uh, there'll be a main incomparable series wrap episode coming up in a little bit. Um, And then the Flashcast will return sometime with uh, the revolution of the Daleks, whatever that is. They spin. That's what it is, I'm sure. Daleks take spinning classes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What if you put a Time Lord inside a Dalek? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But until then, Anthony Johnston, thank you for talking about Doctor Who with me this season. You're very welcome, Jason. Thank you for having me on. This has been... It's been fun to do, mainly because this has been, overall, one of my favourite seasons of Doctor Who for some time. Yeah, I was was worried going in, but it has been a, a really fun ride. James Thompson, as always, thank you for being a part of uh, Doctor Who Talk with me. I like talking about Doctor Who with you. And uh, I'm glad that I got to do both halves of a two-parter for once. (laughs) That's nice. And thank you, dear listener, for being out there and listening to the Doctor Who Flashcast. We appreciate it. It's a lot of fun to do. And it's also a lot because we have to watch the episode right away and we have to talk and that we put in we put in the work. It's always nice to hear from people that they enjoy listening. So we appreciate you for being here, too. And I'll be back with another episode at an indeterminate time in the future and time and space in the future, let's say, uh, when we will see some Daleks. But until then, goodbye. Doctor Who flashcast on the incomparable.